You're listening to The Preppy Podcast. I'm your host, Patricia May Marish, and I'll be interviewing the brands, businesses, and influencers who are keeping the modern preppy lifestyle alive. Each Tuesday, I'll bring you a new episode, but if you're craving more preppy, then shop the merch at thepreppypodcast.com and follow at The Preppy Podcast on social media. Welcome back, guys. I'm so excited to share with you today an interview with Meg Carter. I've worn her beautiful earrings for years, and I ran into her at the Southern Sea recently. I was like, I need to get you on the podcast so everyone can discover your beautiful pieces. They're some of my favorites. So today you're going to learn all about how she started her business, her inspiration, and what's next, including a collection of dog earrings. I'm definitely going to need the Jack Russell ones. But before we get into the interview, I wanted to let you know that I actually have two open spots to take on new clients at Peaked PR, where we pique the interest of press, influencers, and consumers. We specialize in working with lifestyle brands and have had clients in Oprah, Real Simple, Southern Living, Bravo, Southern Charm, and Housewives, and we work with an extensive list of influencers. So if you needed a sign that it might be time for some PR help, this is your sign. Check out peakedpr.com and learn more. That's P-I-Q-U-E-D-P-R.com. All right. All right. So why don't you let everyone know who you are, where you live, and what you do? Okay. Uh, Well, thank you, Patricia, for having me here. I am Meg Carter. I live in Alexandria, Virginia, and I have a line of handcrafted jewelry all made in my studio right here inspired by nature and gifts from the sea and garden. And I love your designs. I met you a few years back um, at America's Mart in Atlanta. And I just remember, I think I had been following you on Instagram before that. Uh, but then when I saw your designs in person, I just, I love them. I love all of, you know, the the shells and uh, the sea creatures and little critters and florals. And they're just so preppy and fun and different. Thank you. It's a very fun business to be in. (laughs) So now tell me a little bit about growing up. Like, were you always entrepreneurial? Were you into style and design? Were you crafting? Like, talk to me a little bit about you as a child. Oh, that's a fun question. Um, Well, I had a very happy childhood. My mother was sort of like June Cleaver. She just, you know, was the neighborhood mom that everyone loved. (laughs) And my father was actually very entrepreneurial. And he was also, um, my mother wasn't very artistic, although she was a wonderful um, entertainer. My father made ship models and he made furniture and he made dog houses and he liked to make sort of clever solutions to things and was just really good at woodworking. Um, And I always, you know, I would love to be an artist, but... uh, you like look at real artists and I'm like, well, not that. So I kind of would joke that I'd be a great Girl Scout leader because I like to do projects and I like <laughs> a lot of different things, but I'm really not amazing at any of them. Um, I love to needlepoint. I like paint. You know, I painted all the furniture for my nursery when my children were born and I painted murals. And But I never really found a thing. So... It was funny that I backed into jewelry. 
<laughs> I love that. I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs are like that, though. Like, I'm the same way. I'm not – I wouldn't necessarily say that I'm artistic, but I'm always keeping busy with projects, like you said. <laughs> yeah. It's very rewarding. Yeah. No, for sure. And also frustrating. <laughs> yes, that's true. And there's a lot of projects that don't get finished. <laughs> exactly. Um, or you, like, start them and you're like, wow, this was way more than I could chew off. <laughs> yep. Pretty much always. <laughs> yeah. So now let's talk about then um, where and what did you study? So clearly you had an interest in projects. You loved doing things. Uh, but when it came time for college, where and what did you decide to do? Um, well, I went to Dartmouth College in New Hampshire. And I, well, I started off as an engineering major and that uh-huh. lasted about six months. <laughs> and I ended up majoring in math and economics. But I took some studio art classes, and in you know if you could do it all over again, I'd love to have majored in math and art. Mm-hmm. But I kind of felt like school was not for art. Um, and strange, here I am doing art. <laughs> so that's so interesting, though, that you had studied math. I feel like a lot of uh, people that I interview on this podcast and a lot of designers do not have that brain. There's very few. Uh, most people say that, you know, the bookkeeping and the math part's their least favorite part. So what drew you then to to studying that? And um, yeah. Um, well, math is like a, pu- especially when you get into the higher levels of math, it's really like a puzzle. It's like logic. Um, and I had a lot of fun in college and frankly, math was easy compared to a lot of the other things. (laughs) It's a lot easier to take a test than write a long paper. Mm, That's a good point. I do like that point. (laughs) So now you have this degree, um, you studied math. Now, what was your first career? What did you go in and do with that? Um, well, I worked in commercial real estate finance and, um, I ended up going to business school and then I worked in corporate real estate strategy and it was great. Um, I was doing a lot of travel and it was becoming more international travel, which was really fun. But um, then I had my oldest son and I accumulated a ton of leave time because, you know, those sort of jobs you don't use all your vacation days. So I thought, well, we'll just see how it goes. I'll stay home with him for a while and not really sure how I could be going to South America twice a month and having a little baby anyway. Mm -hmm. And I just loved it. And if I hadn't kind of had that, if it had been easy to go back to work, I probably would have. And so I found something that I loved that I didn't realize would love being home so much. Wow. Um, so I just kind of hung up my cleats and stayed home and had another son. And then when my youngest, Skerritson, was going to all day kindergarten, I thought, okay, well, now what am I going to (laughs) do? And, um, like some friends of mine in the same situation, like we were talking about starting a, a tennis group for people that hadn't really played tennis much. And that sounded fun, but I was actually really bad at tennis when I was a little kid. So I wish I played tennis now. I did not join the group. (laughs) And this sort of jewelry thing kind of just fell in my lap. And that was the answer. Because I could still control my own schedule and be home and go to, you know, the pageants, the Christmas pageant and be the room mother and all that stuff. But 
I was doing something, but I got to control it, which was the key piece. Okay. Now I get that. So with the jewelry business though, I mean, you said that it it sort of fell into your lap, but I'm sure there was lots of work behind that. So how, like, how did you pick jewelry or how did you even start, you know, tinkering with beads and jewelry then? Like, I feel like, tell me about that interest and a little bit about that journey then, like why jewelry and how? Well, um, I had some, my kids had hermit crabs as pets and, um, one of the hermit crabs crawled out of the shell and I picked up the shell. I'm like, well, this is like actually really beautiful. It was one of the polished turbo shells. Uh I should make something with it, but you know, we're going to make one napkin ring. That's really exciting. (laughs) So I kind of was noodling it over and I thought, well, maybe I can make a necklace. And I went to a bead store because it was sort of when bead stores were getting rolling, bought some beads. And then my father, who was very clever with this sort of thing and had, so he made ship models. Um, so he had all these tools for doing very fine work. And he had a pretty big workshop in the basement too. So he's like, well, we can figure it out. So we, we figured out sort of how to rig the shell up onto um, a strand of pearls and citrine stones. And um, I wore it to a party in Maine where we go in the summer. And um my friends are like, oh, that's so great. Will you make me a pink one? Will you make me a blue one? And I'm like, sure. So I, you know, went home and, you know, came back with six necklaces. And I thought, well, I'm going to, I'm going to take it to this little store in Kenny Bunkport that I really like and see what they think about it. And the woman um, who was so nice, Amy, who owned the store said, oh, well, I would buy every single one of those. And I thought, ooh, um, well, I'm not sure they're even going to not fall apart. So can we can we come back to that in like a month or two? And they probably would have fallen apart. But um, so then, you know, I knew nothing about jewelry or anything. And I just started researching it and talking to people. And, um, and I just went to stores and brands, not in jewelry, but that I really liked and respected. And people were so generous with their time. I went to New York City and... I went, um, Stephen Stolman had a store up there at the time and I chatted with him and he sent me to, um, Christopher Gao, who was amazing and told me to find a way to brand it early on. So all my necklaces have an M and a C on them now, um, and have since the beginning. I love that. That's so funny though, that it started with a hermit crab. Who would have known? (laughs) (laughs) When you least expect it is pretty much the only thing you can expect. Definitely. Okay. So you have all these people wanting your jewelry then. You had this idea. It People are interested. They like it. They want to buy it, even stores. So like, how do you transition then from you know this hobby, this idea to making it a business? It sounds like you had some great mentors that sort of helped you along. Um, but do you like remember any of those steps like to creating a logo? And did you have a website at this point? Like, Talk to me about um, some more of the details with making it a business and not just a hobby. Yeah, good question. Um, well, in some ways, I'd never worked in retail and I'd never, you know, worked in manufacturing, if you can call it that. And sometimes not knowing can be helpful because you just don't see any limits. Yeah. Um, and you just ask people that would know best rather than doing it sort of the wrong way. Like, Mm -hmm. I think 
it would almost be helpful to have that perspective now again, <laughs> because I've been, oh, well, this is just the way I do it. Like, I'd like to have that fresh perspective. Yeah. Um, but I, I went to the stores that, or I didn't even always go in person, that I just admired the most. Um, like one of my first wholesale accounts was with the Coral Beach Club in Bermuda. And I sent them photos and um, I did invest in, I had a graphics designer and a really good photographer early on, um, which was advice that I had gotten. And that really helps. You can't do everything yourself and you want to put forth a professional front. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I just kind of showed it to stores that I would like to shop in and it worked. And I got some really good press early on too. I was in Women's Wear Daily very soon, and that. Oh helped. wow! Okay, and did you do that yourself, or did you hire a PR agency? Um, someone's friend, friend of a friend, saw my pieces and wrote the article. Wow, you got lucky. I did get lucky. That's amazing. Okay, so I mean, that's great advice with having great images. I feel like a lot of people don't want to invest in good photography at the beginning because it could be expensive, and especially if you're getting models on top of that, and you know, it adds up quickly. But it's so important, and even more today, I would say, because everything's so visual with social media. Yes. Yeah, and you need a lot more. Like then, I didn't mm-hmm. need as many images. I would just yep. do a shoot twice a year or depending two or three times a year with each new collection. And now I'm releasing things almost weekly, mm-hmm. new, new pieces. So talking about the brand today, for people listening who might not be familiar, um, how would you describe your brand today as it is? Um, well, when I started, it was all around a love of the sea and the ocean, and um, I love shells. I was on the sailing team in college. I love to swim. I love to sit at the ocean and do nothing. Um, and now I would say less than 10, 10% of my business is around shells and beachy things. Um, so I've really tried to stay true to where I think I've succeeded, which is using elements of nature in a fresh and interesting way, Um, which is what makes my line a little different than a lot of the other beautiful lines out there. Mm -hmm. I remember even you had like a a stag or a deer um, earring. I don't know if you still have that, but I remember seeing that and I thought it was so different. And I think that goes back to that nature part you're talking about. Yeah, I've used antler tips. I use bone carvings of animals. Um, One of my best selling pieces last Christmas was sort of a charm bracelet necklace and I had a stag head, a bone stag head on it. Mm -hmm. Um, I've used real acorns. I, for spring, I have a lot of um, new pieces coming up around florals, and I'm really excited about it. Oh, so for someone listening that, you know, is just starting out or maybe hopes to someday design, like, so these um, these beads and like the acorns and the carved pieces, those are pieces then that you're designing and having made, correct? Yes. 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 So how did you find the right, um, you know, 
partners and companies for that? Was it just a Google search? Was it a recommendation? Was it meeting someone at market? I feel like that's a question a lot of people always have is they just don't know how to find the right people. <laughs> yeah, it's that's a it w- wouldn't it be nice if it was easy? I mean, and it's still a struggle. I have some yeah. other designs that I'm still searching for, you know, somebody to do some of the components for. Um, well, kind of like when I first started, just ask everyone you can think of to ask. And Google is a wonderful tool. Alibaba is a great tool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then ask the people that you're already working with if they would consider doing something else. Mm-hmm. That's how I've gotten a lot of them is, you know, start with start in one way and then expand from there. Okay. That's great advice. Now, we touched on this a little bit with talking about photography, but what would you say has been your biggest marketing tool? Or, and it might have changed over the years, but how, how have you been getting the word out about your designs these days? Well, that's been really interesting in the last two years, because before COVID, I would say 80, 85% of my business was wholesale selling to stores. Mm-hmm. And the rest was through my website and trunk shows. And now... It's less than 20% of my business is wholesale. And my business has really grown too. Um, So it's almost all direct to consumer through my website. And um, Instagram has been a wonderful tool in finding people and getting your brand out there. And I've also been writing, well, I started in fall of 2020 when we came back from Maine in the summer um we were pretty locked down Washington mm-hmm. DC is very locked down um and so is where I am in Virginia just across the river and i was just kind of going crazy and i started doing a monday newsletter really as sort of therapy for myself um and i would say oh you know this is a little hard. I kind of didn't have the easiest time this weekend, but I made this soup and here's a link to the recipe. And I ordered these really wonderful, soft, fuzzy flannel pajamas. And then I have a new earring that um, we, I've just come up with that I'm launching here. And it really resonated with people. Um, and I've gotten a ton more um, readers and I think it's really nice to be able to introduce other businesses that you admire to people and products. Um, so that's just been, again, sort of when you least expect it, um, just a great tool that I didn't even realize was a tool when I started it. Yeah, that is so smart. And, you know, everyone talks about these days in marketing that your email list is where you need to pay your attention to because it's yours and, you know, no one can take it from you. Instagram doesn't have control over the algorithm of it, all of that. So that's so smart that you, you know, naturally just did that. And I also think it leads back to the fact that these days consumers want to know, you know, the person behind the brand, the designer and like, behind the wall, essentially. So you're kind of letting them in there and it's benefiting you clearly. It's showing. Um, And it's not, you don't always have to be so salesy to even get sales, which is nice, right? Well, I think one of the things that I continue to struggle with is if you have your own business and it's something as personal as design, it's very hard to say, look at me, look at me, look at what I did. Like if you were the designer, I would have a much easier time saying, look at Patricia's earrings. Aren't they fun? Uh 
Um, so this is a way to let people kind of decide for themselves and it shows your style and your interests, but you aren't talking about yourself. Yeah. I think that's smart. And so you're still doing the newsletter then weekly, right? Yeah. I I call it the love note for Meg and, uh, it comes out Monday morning at 5 45 AM and it's sort of just a fun way to start your week with on an unpopular day. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and it's also consistent, you know, that's another thing it's important is that people can know to look forward to that hitting their email then before 6am, which is so nice on Mondays. Yeah. I have a lot of people say they wake up and read it in bed, which is fun. (laughs) Yeah. So now what would you say has been your greatest success? Like when it comes to your business, what are you really proud of or you, you know, was really cool to experience or do? Um, well, first of all, jewelry is just fun. Um, you know, no one has an earring emergency. It makes people happy. It's It always fits. Yeah, it always fits. It doesn't make people look fat. <laughs> um, but I think it's so fun to see someone walking down the street wearing one of my designs. Mm-hmm. And my favorite part is that I can get, at trunk shows, I can get women shopping with their daughters and their mothers. So because I'm not trying to stay on the edge of fashion and I'm much more influenced by nature and really like interior design and colors and putting colors together, um, it appeals to all generations. And that's really fun. Yeah, for sure. Now, on the flip side to that, what's like the greatest challenge then for you with your business, would you say? Well, the design part just seems to come together, although Mm -hmm. it's sort of interesting how it works for different people. I'm always interested in how like a writer writes or something (laughs) like that. Um, Mine comes together best under pressure. Yes. (laughs) Um, It's just hard to, to try to, keep all the balls in the air mm-hmm. when you have to source the materials, find new sources, do the design, do, you know, and it's hard to do the parts you don't like to do. Like I love to do packaging and I love to do mm. gift wrap, but there are other parts that aren't quite as much fun. No, I understand that too. I'm someone that also works best under pressure. If I have too much time on my hands, then that's trouble. But if I if I have a lot to, to juggle and to get done, then I, I'm much better. <laughs> yeah. And I do and- love your packaging, I will say. I love the little um, shell note card and everything is so cute. Yeah. I've been trying to get into, well, with the growth and the love note being kind of diversified, I've been trying to find some other product categories that I find difficult to like find when I'm shopping. So I've just started doing some place cards Mm -hmm. um, and those will be coming out in the spring. I did some for Christmas with little um, boxwood wreaths on them and bows. So we'll have several spring place cards coming out. Oh, that's so exciting. You need to make, um, 
place card holders then too next like you mentioned you know napkin rings from shells I feel like if you did you know some of your pieces in place card holders that would be great that's a good idea I I actually have sold place card holders before because I got them through my um, shell wholesaler and sometimes when I'm doing a trunk show it's fun to just have like an extra little thing just Mm -hmm. for fun really and to pique people's interest and give them something they can't get you know elsewhere Definitely. But I think that those would do so well because it sort of goes with the lifestyle and, you know, home stuff is doing so well right now. Yeah. And I hope to do a lot more collabs, um, just opening up all new worlds. And it's fun to work with other designers, too. Oh, that's fun. Have you done any of those in the works? Have you done any so far? You're working on them right now. Um, I did a bracelet with Lisette Needlepoint in Palm Beach. That was great. That's really cool. I'm excited to, can you talk about any of the collabs coming up or? or um, well, I don't want to jinx anything and okay. I'm not sure, they, I'm not sure quite how far along they are. Maybe not quite as far as we hoped, but that's the world we're living in today, right? No worries. So since this is the Preppy podcast, I always ask everyone, what does Preppy mean to you? How would you describe Preppy today? Um. I think preppy is using, it's kind of a lifestyle. It's using classic pieces together um, in fresh new ways and having the confidence to um, kind of take that old black cashmere sweater that you've had forever and put it with a smart pair of bright pink pants and an unusual accessory and make it look fresh rather than trying to follow how wide are all the legs and pants this season. (laughs) And let me get that just right. That that's a great answer. I love that. Um, now, we talked a little bit about inspiration, and I'm sure you, you know, when you travel, you get so much, but where, yeah, where do you get inspiration from, or who inspires you even? Um, well, it's sort of twofold, like from a design standpoint, gardens, flower arranging, um, a lot of interior designs. I love wallpaper. I mean, if I have a bad day, I'll just go look at wallpapers. Yeah. It's, I love colors and the way colors are put together. Um, art, museums, that it just sort of engages a different part of your brain when you look mm-hmm. at beautiful things. Yeah, it's visually and, stimulating. Yes, and then it gets everything kind of in gear. Mm-hmm. And then I like to read, well, I like your podcast very much. I like to read uh, memoirs and biographies of women kind of throughout the ages. Like everyone has a story and everyone has overcome something. And everyone had a stroke of luck somewhere along the way and persevered through difficult times. And you read about these other women and it's pretty easy to go tackle what's on your to-do list that day. Yeah. Is there one that you can recommend that you really liked reading about? Oh, there was an amazing biography called um, Desert Queen about Gertrude Bell, who was this British woman um, in the Foreign Service. 
and um, Lawrence of Arabia was her protege. So she kind of taught him most of what he knew about the Middle East. And uh, she was at the table when they carved up the borders to the countries that is now the Middle East and was accepted like at the dinner table of Bedouin kings where most white men weren't. Huh, that's really interesting. I'm going to have to check that book out. Yeah. Amazing person. Yeah. I always love, yeah, same with you, hearing about other women and how they've accomplished what they've accomplished. And it's just so inspiring. It really is. So what would you say is your best seller? And then what's your personal favorite of your designs? Oh, that's a fun question. Um... I always like it's always a trade off between the piece that's really striking and memorable, um, like like the necklace with the stag head, the bone stag head, mm-hmm. and the gemstone and pearl charms, and I had a gold leaf on it over Christmas. That was my absolute favorite, and it sold really well. Mm-hmm. Um, probably the bestseller is more of a simple pearl earring. I do a lot of pearl earrings with a second stone underneath them and they make great gifts bridesmaids gifts um i call them like big pearl little blush pink big pearl little robin's egg blue big pearl Mm -hmm. little gray pearl um and it's just a great wardrobe staple but my favorite piece now that winter is over um is a daffodil earring for spring and uh It'll be coming out. I think I have it on my website already, but we'll be ready to ship them in about three weeks. Oh, so exciting. Yeah, it's a hand-painted porcelain daffodil with a pearl underneath it. Oh, that sounds beautiful. And for those listening who also can't wear pierced ears, uh, Meg has some that are offered in clip-on, right? So is that something that it says on the website or you know they could just email you? Yeah, so almost... Almost all of my earrings have a pearl and anything that has a pearl on top, like a stud that can be made as a clip. There's a few that we use um, like a, a ear wire on just because mm-hmm. it's a little more delicate or a little younger or something. And it just sort of works better with the design. But 90 percent have the pearl stud on top and all of them can be made as a clip. And I do have some really big earrings that I only make as a clip because it just sits better on your ear. Yeah, like the big I have a really large shell with like yes. a, yes, a sun on top. And sun. I wear them all yeah. the time. <laughs> yep. yep, that's only a clip. So what are some of your favorite accounts to follow on social media? We talked about Instagram and how that's, you know, a great marketing tool for your business, but what are your personal favorites? Like if there are three accounts you love to follow. Oh gosh. Um, I follow so many. <laughs> Um, you know, everything from the New Yorker cartoons, that's always a good one. Yes. Um, I, again, I like the, the floral things. Well, Lisa Needlepoint, she does a beautiful job too with her colors and, um, her just images of flowers and the way she combines Needlepoint with other things. I think she just does a fabulous job. Yeah. Um, there's a store in New York that's interior design and antiques called KRB. Um, and 
she does a really interesting job with combining sort of the expected and the unexpected mm-hmm. um, pieces together and colors. And then I follow a lot of floral designers like um, Willow Crossley is a British floral designer who does a lot of different things too. And she does a lot of video tutorials on, you know, how to plant spring bulbs inside. And um, it's just really fun. Those all sound like great follows. I'll have to check them out. Um, where, what would you recommend for um, business advice? Like, is there a website or um, a book or anywhere that people who have a design business or some sort of business, they can also check out? I would love to hear a lot of other people's answers to that question. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good question. Um, yeah. Well, I, this isn't a resource as much as sort of a idea. I, I think I've done well and not gotten into trouble, which is another good thing by kind of staying true to my own aesthetic. Um, trust your instinct. Like people will ask for, uh, there was a time when black jewelry, believe it or not, was very trendy and my stores were asking for, oh, why don't you use some black crystals or something? I'm like, ugh, I uh, can't get my head around that one. <laughs> um, so trust your gut. But then, and ask for help. People are so willing to offer opinions and guidance and mm-hmm. just ask. That's great advice. I Yes. The worst they can do is say no. And at that part, you know, that's not that bad. <laughs> no, it's not that bad at all. Or, exactly. or gosh, I'd love to help, but it's just a bad week, you know? Yeah, exactly. So what's next for you? Any sneak peeks? I know we talked about how you have some upcoming collaborations. Um, you have some spring florals coming out. Do you want to talk a little bit about that or anything else that we don't know? Um, so I, I've, been getting into I, I found um an artisan that I'm working with and I've been doing these porcelain um components. Oh. And we've got three daffodils, we've got several hydrangeas. Oh. Um we're also doing animals. I have a little um line called Animal Kingdom. Oh. And we have cheetah earrings, I have bulldogs, tigers. I have some more animals coming for spring. Um, I'd love to hear what animals people would like. Yeah. I think the dog thing is a really good thing. I just can't do all the dogs at once, but yeah. we'll, we'll get to a lot more dogs. What, <laughs> what kind of dog do you have? I have Jack Russells. Oh, that's at the top of my list. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good. I am obsessed with Marty and Miles, my dogs. So <laughs> I think dogs are a smart one. And it helps, um, you know, fall is sort of a harder time to lean into nature from a design standpoint. Yeah. Like I had a necklace with an acorn that did really well last fall. Oh. Yeah, I feel like foxes or horses. I have foxes. Really well. Love oh, the good. foxes. They sell that right away. Oh my gosh. I can't wait to see this collection. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. And it's sort of filling a hole that other people aren't in. Yeah. 
For sure. Now, my final question is, where can people find you? Let everyone know your website URL and your social media handles uh, so they can follow along and shop all your gorgeous pieces. Thank you. Um, it's just MegCarterDesigns.com. And um, my Instagram is also MegCarterDesigns. Awesome. Well, thank you, Meg. Well, thank you, Patricia. I enjoyed it. Thank you so much for listening to the Preppy Podcast. I hope this put a little prep in your step for the day. Please subscribe, rate, and review on wherever you listen to your podcast. And follow along with at the Preppy Podcast on social media. 